If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Welcome to the sensuous sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Rafael Fiedler. And Rafti, this week without Matt and Joey present, um, and and we actually do wish them very good good luck. There were baseball sized hail in Kentucky last night, so they're running all over trying to make sure all the stills from the moonshiners have not been damaged too badly. Um, they're out doing their job. We're here just babbling. Uh, I want to do something this week, Rafti, that we've never done before, and I'm kind of worried about. We're bringing in an enemy podcaster we're bringing oh, no. in the competition rafi and we're inviting <laughs> them into our own home um i guess we power of you been... right like a vampire <laughs> <laughs> or the police you know it works both ways you know <laughs> we made that equivalence on this show more than once um i want to i want to introduce but but this was your idea rafi uh i want to introduce carrie parker the host of Firewalls Don't Stop Dragons. Uh, Carrie is the world's preeminent dragon slayer, so we're really glad to have him on, even though he's going after our same three fans in our audience. So we're competing for listenership. Carrie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I promise not to take your whole audience. I'll just take just just, just a few. Just shave off a few. You can handle it. If you it. could take a third, just, that'd be that'd be fine. Just, <laughs> just my father, who listens uh, uh. Uh, religiously, he always has to ask me questions the following week. And if you can take him, and, and you know, <laughs> and I can direct his questions to you, that that would be that'd be kind of ideal. As long as you take my mom, then we're even. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I at least know where I stand with my father. That's that's a. Uh. All right, all right. Uh, the bane, the bane of podcasting. Um, Carrie, go ahead uh, for our three listeners. Can you please just give us a a thumbnail background of yourself, your history, and why you decided to come and try to poach our entire uh, <laughs> industry by by starting a podcast? What drove you to it? Right. right. All right. So uh, I'm a software engineer by degree. Actually, I'm an electrical engineer by degree. I'm a software engineer by profession. And I retired ooh, a few ooh, years ooh, back. W, where'd, you, where'd you go to school? Uh, Purdue uh, University. That's not a half bad one. No, <laughs> no we're usually top 10. We're usually okay. up there. Uh, and, and, it, and I'm sorry, I got to ask. Uh, uh, Purdue, isn't that where... Um, um, Oh my goodness! Now I'm blanking. Uh, one of the world's uh, preeminent comp size security uh, uh, mavens from back in the '90s. Um, well, was, uh, I was not comp size, so I was double E. So like I, you were I double E. That's right. Okay. Okay. All right. I didn't bump. I, I like I didn't at the time. I didn't even know a lot of those people. I took you know a couple classes, but back when I was at Purdue, it was just a means to an end. Software was not my product. It was my tool to get stuff done. And then <laughs> I went into software, and then everything changed. <laughs> So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Double yeah, no, e, sh- and then, sure. Yeah. All right. Why'd so, you go from double E to software? Well, you know what? It, I looking back, I don't know. Like I, it's just, it just kind of <laughs> happened. Like I just started interviewing people. I like I had a job offer at Motorola up in Schaumburg, Illinois, and 
you know, that would have been the double E route. If I had taken that route, I would have been, I'd be doing double E today. Um, but I went, went to Nortel and uh, I had, for my master's, I did this big C program to, to, to do my master's thesis. And, and so I had written some software. And so I talked to Nortel and, and I just kind of ended up there. And then that was, we called it Nortel U because they, they taught me everything about software engineering. I didn't learn in double E. Um, and it was, it was great. It was a great experience. And I've been software ever since. And I've been zero regrets. The, the, what I love about software is all I need is my brain and a computer. Like, you know, it's, you could do so much with a software degree. So anyway, I did that for a long, long time. And then along the way, the Snowden thing happened. That was like 10 years ago now, almost exact, a little over 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. And they just it, celebrated the uh, anniversary. Yeah. 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 It's God, I can't believe it's been 10 years, but uh, you know, that, that hit me. Like I, you know, I was never a black helicopter tinfoil hat type, but I was like, it's like, holy crap. Like all that stuff we thought might be happening. It's, it's totally happening and it's happening way more than it should be. And so I kind of got upset <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, I wanted to kind of do something. Like I felt like I, I, I had to somehow contribute to this cause. And so I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to write a book. And uh, why don't I just write a book for it, it? I looked actually at the time for like cybersecurity for dummies and it, it, I, there one existed, but it was like six or seven years old and it was just crappy. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I've, I've got a big family. I'll, I'm, a, I'm an only child, but my, my mom's one of six. My dad's one of five. Lots of aunts and uncles, lots of cousins. And a lot of people ask me, Carrie, what about this? What about this? Because I was a software, you know, do I need an antivirus? You know, all this, you know, you know, you know right? We, we know all you too know. well. <laughs> and uh so I'm like you know what I, why don't i write a book that is, has as many suggestions as i can think of you know for the average normie on how to do it because there's a lot of low-hanging fruit out there you know for, i always like i love my analogies and the whole central analogy of the book is defending a castle you know defense in depth you got a moat you got walls you got guards you know you got all these kind of things so that was the central theme but it's also to me it's like seatbelts and, and sunscreen like there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there's a lot of simple things that we all could and should be doing that we just aren't because we don't have the real world in the real world we kind of have instincts for protecting ourselves in the digital world we just didn't and so anyway so i started with that self-published because I, I i didn't want to bother trying to find a, a publisher and have them tell me what i could and couldn't do like you know what i want to write my book my way so i anyway, wrote the book and uh, self-published put it on amazon and then that turned into a blog and a newsletter. And then eventually someone else asked me on their podcast to, to talk about something. And he asked me back again. And then he said, you know what? I'm giving up podcasting. Would you like to take over my podcast? I'm like, uh, that seems kind of weird. But, but he was working with this network, like a podcast network. And so he had to contractually find someone to fill content. his spot. Yeah. yeah. And so he had to fill his time slot. And I'm like, okay, I'll, sure, I'll give it a shot. And then that was really expensive. Like I paid them to be on the show and the way it was supposed to work is I was supposed to get sponsorship, you know, to cover that and then make a little money. And I just, I didn't like that. I felt I, I never liked doing sponsorship. I don't know if, you know, no, no offense to people to do. I know, I know you got to pay bills, but um, I just, that wasn't for me. Anyway, editors, so it is editor's note, the sensuous sounds of infosec will <laughs> gladly take any money and say anything that any sponsor wants us to say. We have no shame or guile whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sorry, not true. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go so, ahead, Carrie. Uh, yeah, so that I, I guess that's the long and the short of it. So my mission all along basically has been to, to find normies, you know, regular everyday non-technical people and try to educate them first, you know, make them aware of what's going on. Um, because I think a lot of people just throw their hands up. I don't get it. It's all techie stuff. I don't get it. I can't possibly understand it. No, you really can. There's a, it's it. The basics are really not that tough and so i try to get people through that and then i try to give them simple 
tips, you know, for how to protect themselves. And that's, so that's been my deal. That's been my spiel. And Carrie, I got to say, there's a lot of people who say, well, I've always wanted to write a book. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's a huge hurdle right there because most people can't write a book. And yeah, then, well, I guess. Okay. Maybe I don't think anybody can write a book, but I mean, write a book. You, well, think, you know, maybe you're I've saying, been, I don't know. I've been an editor and publisher long enough to know that's not true. Um, and then the, the the second hurdle is writing a book for an audience that is not necessarily technical or drawn to the subject matter. That is a mastery and a skill far beyond talking to other technical people. That's impressive as hell. I got to give you mad props for that. That's that's really really cool. Well, and, and you know, just to toot my own heart a little bit, I, that is something that I think I've always kind of had, and, I, and I've had to do, and, and I'm sure you guys have had some experience with this as well with your families, but being able to take a technical subject, subject and break it down and explain to somebody without a technical background, uh, that is a skill that I think I have, and uh, and I used, I think, I hope to good effect in, in this book. And if, if you listen to me now, this is exactly what one book sounds like. I try to make it extremely conversational, very easy and approachable, um, Throw in a little levity, throw in some fun anecdotes, you know, try to keep it light. Uh, and because, you know, I, I read a lot of technical books. We've read technical books. They're mostly horrible and they're really hard to get through and they're great for insomnia. Uh, and so yeah, I try, you know, I try to keep that in my mind as I'm writing this. And my, my mom's always been my avatar. Like, you know, she's the person. If she can understand this, anybody can understand this. She's a really smart person, but she's Which, not technical. It has nothing to do with smarts. It has nothing right. to do with intelligence or brains. I feel the same way about my car. I know how to turn it on. I know how to drive it. But the minute something goes wrong, I'm lost. And and I'm lost to a depth where, like you said, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air and say, I'm not even going to try to understand because we're not going to get past the complexity. Someone who could translate the technical components of my car into a way I could understand it has a talent and a skill far beyond just the person who has the knowledge to fix it. And so what you're doing Really, I've made a career out of doing what you're doing is being able to translate from geek speak to normal person. And that's hard to do. It, it's much it, it's a rarity. Let me put it that way. It seems like it comes naturally to you, though. Well, OK, so maybe it's genetic because my mom and many of my relatives were teachers um, and I actually was on track. I was going to be a professor like I, I thought, you know, that's what I want to be. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a professor at a, at a university. And then I did the master's thing and I did the research master. So I actually worked with a professor and saw kind of like what they really do, certainly at a big university. And, you know, spoiler alert, it's not teaching. At least that's not the focus. <laughs> you know, it's publisher parish. It's grant money. It's, you know, get your TAs to do as much as you want because you got to get this research done and get more grant money. The TAs and, are the student facing ones. They're having right, all the fun. They get to stand right. up and give the lectures. They get, you know, yeah, absolutely. Doesn't, t doesn't pay well, though. That's, so, no, no. yeah. So, yeah, and I, I've always told my daughters that I got two daughters that they're, they're both just fresh. Uh, one is just finishing college. One's fresh out of college. And I kept telling them, like, be really careful, you know, what you choose for your 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 job versus your hobby. And don't don't cross the two if you can help it, because uh, uh, the best way to ruin something you love doing is to have someone else tell you how to do it and pay you to do it and, and not let you do things you want to do on the schedule you want to do it. That's that just ruins the whole thing. So, you know. Do something you like doing. Yes, that's great. You know, certainly pick a career that you can enjoy and be fulfilling. But I mean, don't don't look at your hobbies and think that's what I want to turn into my career. I think that's a great, great idea, especially for people who enjoy sex. Now, um, <laughs> you did have some pretty immediate success with the book. The book took off pretty well. Uh, yeah, I think, here's the weird thing. So um, 
it's, I've gotten actually less data now that I have a publisher. And this is really weird. When I was Amazon and self-published, I could get daily reports. It's great. They have graphs. They have, and it's all intuitive. Wonderful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. My publisher, I, I like my publisher. I, I'm not. I'm not saying bad things. And my editor is the first person to agree with this with me when I say this frustrates me. My knowledge uh, of what happens with book sales is a six month delay. Six yes. months. And they play it like uh, I've got a secret. You know, it's like it's like they're almost adversarial with you. Like <laughs> you haven't you haven't been read into the program, and you don't have the sufficient classification for it. Which publisher are you with now? And and I'll say this: having been in the publishing world for thirty years or so. Uh, they're all demonic and belong in Dante's eighth circle of hell. So you have you have no novelty here. This is this is a truism for all of them. But uh, who are you with? I'm with A Press, and these okay. I, I've had no trouble with them whatsoever. Other than other than this nitpick, they've they've been really they've honestly they've been they've been great. It's been fun to work with them. I, I'm glad I self published. I'm glad I learned how to do it kind of that way first. Uh, and then it's now it's nice to have some backups. I'd have a backup team. Good. And they approached you after the success of the first book and said, well, the, the way it worked as I was actually at a conference called all things open. Um, and it was here, it was in the Raleigh area, which I'm in the Raleigh area. And I was there on business. Actually, I was there for my company at the time. And there was this booth, a press, and they were selling a bunch of books. And I'm like, huh, you know, what, what would it be like to have a publisher? You know, maybe I should, maybe I should just, maybe I should just talk. So I walk up to talk to these people and I said, Hey, you know, I wrote a book and it's like, and we talked like no more than just like 30 seconds. Like, you know what, come here. Let's let's go over here and talk. So she brought me over to the side and we talked for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And I told her all about the book and showed it on my phone online or whatever. She's like, yeah, yeah send me a copy. Let's talk. And the, and then the, she read it and she's like, yeah, we, we want to publish you if you if you're willing, you know, come on board and we'll we'll take over the publishing part. So that that's kind of how that worked. They didn't they didn't find me necessarily, but uh, it didn't take much to convince them to to, to publish a book. I mean, they've been with me for the third, fourth and fifth edition now. Outstanding, outstanding, and and obviously, if you're if you're migrating into forward editions, then you're doing pretty well. It's still it's still got some audience. It still has some legs, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I hope so. The one the weird thing about the book though is I is looking in retrospect. I want to write money books actually. So I, as someone who's written a book, you probably know you you could buy ISBN numbers because you have to have an ISBN number, and there's a, you have to have a different one from the ebook than you do from the paper book if you change thing, anything major you gotta have a new isbn so if you buy one it, it's it's pricey if you buy two it's pretty pricey if you buy 10 it's about the same so i but you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna publish more books i'm gonna buy a pack of 10 isbns and i still have i think i don't know seven or eight of them <laughs> uh, and now that i've got a publisher I, you know they handle that for me <laughs> but the book i wrote is the kind of book that needs to be updated no later than every two years because it's full of screenshots and i kind of shot myself on the foot with that so i'm kind of <laughs> Uh, next book I write is going to be fire and forget. I'm not going to put screenshots in it. It's not going to be something I have to update all the time because this one is uh, an ongoing work for sure. Yeah, you've you've missed the whole point of passive income, Gary. I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I was I totally was thinking that too. Passive income, fire and forget, put it out there, just rake it in. You've made yourself perpetual work instead of perpetual yes. revenue, and it's okay. All right, but that's not a bad thing for your audience, your readership. Um, right. Uh, now you're still working full time and, and writing and, and podcasting is your hobby, or have you been able to segue over into this um, multimedia entertainment industry uh, as your full time gig? Well, so I I am retired, but it is not because I'm making so much money on the podcast and the book <laughs> that I could afford to do so. It just turns out that I've been working for 28 years, and COVID came around, and so my my employer was offering 
early retirement packages and I, and I hadn't even considered it. And it came around and I, and I crunched the numbers. You know, why not? I'll look, look, sure. Let's, let's take a look at the numbers. And I, I have kind of a unique situation. It's kind of just me. My girls college is all paid for. I don't have anybody else at home. So I'm cheap as it turns out, like my, my expenses, my standard of living is nice, but it's not expensive. And so I looked at the numbers like, holy crap, I could just not do this anymore. And so I'm like, sure. And so I, I dropped out and it's been almost three years and I have zero regrets. Outstanding. Do you still do some consulting every now and then or, you know, freelance teaching or, you know, some sort of uh, speaking I, engagements, that sort of thing? Uh, well, yeah, not for money because I, well, so not for much money. I, I Good, teach. then come be on our show. <laughs> if you, if the minute you said not for money, you you became our target to harvest here. It's... Uh, so for for about same those same those same ten years or maybe late in the last in the last years I've been teaching at this. There's a, a I guess that's a nationwide program called Osher Lifelong Learning Institute O L L I or Ollie for short. Um, I'd never heard of it, but I uh, I published something. I published a book. Somebody published like a two sentence blurb about it in my local paper, and somebody from this program reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you like to come speak to our group? We're always looking for people to you know talk about our uh, symposia." I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Let's do that. And then as I did that, they liked me there. They're like, you know, we actually have classes that we teach too. Would you like to come teach a class? And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. You're like, I want to be, a, yeah, I want to teach. This was and, the thing that you had wanted in the first place before the master's degree. Exactly. So, yeah. So I've been teaching classes, a cybersecurity 101 or basics class with them. It's mostly seniors, but they're all like multiple degree seniors i mean they they've all got really intelligent background really interesting audiences every time and so uh, i've been teaching that class i've also started teaching a mac 101 class and they give me an honorarium which kind of covers my costs it's just, it's not it's it's not it's huge gas money yeah exactly and it and it and honestly and i really really enjoy doing it so it, it's it's total win-win um i've done a couple odd seminars here and there i've got a speaker request form on my website that people can just ask me to if it's a small group and you know I, i'm trying to help people so if if it's a small group like i've had people with their book clubs or uh we've got a financial group but hey let's talk let's bring carrie in to talk about some you know uh, financial security kind of stuff and and so I was like, yeah, sure. Now, if it's a big group or whatever, you know, we, we could talk, you know, I'll probably maybe, you know, compensation. But if for small You groups, deserve some money, Dan. Do you have any idea what, uh, uh, what's his face on the, the, the blog? Oh, dog. Why am I just at a loss for names this week? It's, it's terrible. Um, uh, but we, we once tried to get one of the blog guys for a, a corporate thing that I was working with. He wanted 40 grand an hour. And that's Holy just to show up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, you and I, and we're all in the wrong business. <laughs> Unless your last name is, is Schneier, I guess it just doesn't mm. pay is, is the thing, you know? Um, all right. I've, I've interviewed Krebs. him, by it was, the way. It was Brian Krebs we wanted. that, oh, And Krebs. I don't mean to dime out Mr. Krebs. I love Brian yeah, Krebs. Yeah. Yeah, I read Krebs on security for sure, yep. But, but we all want to be that guy is the thing. All right. Um, well, well that's, that's, that's I've awesome. interviewed Bruce Schneier. So I, I've, in fact, I met him. He and I had a that, That's together. what uh, Rofty was saying is that yeah. every hundredth episode, every centenary is you bring him in, right? <laughs> well, I was, I reached, he's a nice guy. If you, if you email him, he'll eventually get back to you. And I emailed him a couple of times said, Hey, I'd love to have him on the show. And I'm like, I'm knowing damn well that, that, that you know, Bruce Schneier, that's right? his job. I mean, he's actually paid to do that. That's his whole job is being, what is it? Tech evangelist or something. Yeah. Is yeah. Title? yeah. 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 And so the hundredth episode was coming up and I reached out one more time. It's like, Bruce, all right, look, I, I, I know I've asked you a few times to come on the show and I know you've been busy, but if you're ever going to come on the show, like this is the one, the hundredth episode, I'm going to have a, it's going to be a big shebang. You know, this is going to be the one if you're going to come on. And he said, okay. 
had you met had you met him previously did you have any other interaction with him I prior had, to other that? than email i'd not know zero interaction so uh he did he just said he came on the show we did the 100th episode and then i kind of pinned him on the episode well you've set a precedent now you know you got to go back come back for the 200th he said okay <laughs> and then so i left so that's it it's, it's now canon so he's been back for the for the 100th the 200th and now the 300th episode that's fantastic. Good and for I, you. And then I met her. My daughter was up in Boston. She went, uh, she took a job up at MIT and uh, and he's in Boston. So I said, hey, I'm going up to visit my daughter in Boston. Would you like to meet for a drink? Ta-da. So he and I went out to the little, this place on Harvard Square. Uh, that was a really nice place. And he and I had a drink and talked for about an hour and got to see Bruce Schneier. That was fun. And it didn't cost you 40 grand. No, no, I did buy his drink, but other oh, okay. than that, no, it, it was short it of 40 grand. It would have to be a, a damn good single yes. malt to get to that price. That's right. Uh, well, very good. Now, now, okay, so you're doing this more, I don't want to say altruism, but you get a kick out of sharing your knowledge with an avid listener. And I think Rafti and I, we, we had talked about this on a prior episode. For a bunch of paranoid, twitchy security bastards, which we all are by mm-hmm. habit, nature, and trade, mm-hmm. we also have this inclination to share. Mm-hmm. We all really want to help each other. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a weird thing where we distrust anybody outside, you know, our our purview. But the minute we, you know, sniff each other's tails and I get, oh, you're a security nerd. I'm a security nerd. All of a sudden, <laughs> we want to cooperate. And we like yep. nothing more than offering that to the next generation or, or you know, whoever it is that wants to listen. We're, we're glad to do that. I find that amazing. And I really like it. I think it's a great part of the the IT environment. I, yeah, I completely agree. That one of the coolest things that I've done in recent memory after, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years or whatever, but when I first went to DEF CON for my first time ever, which was uh, DEF CON 29, the, the atmosphere was just so amazing. I mean, it's, I've been, you know, we've been to tech conferences. I've been to a lot of tech conferences. They're usually infomercials for the most part. Even the talks are usually infomercials. Some, someone's got you know, some discovery they've got. But at the end of the day, the discovery is here's the problem. And guess who? Oh, look what happily fixes this. Our tool that you could buy. Talk to Our me after product that. that you can get for a special rate at the end of this presentation. Right. And, uh, you know, so, okay, fine. That, that's all well and good. But, but DEF CON was like coming home. Thing. Oh, it is so nice. And it was so cool. The 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 people I met in the short time I was there are so open and friendly, so helpful. Everybody wanted to help everybody else. Uh, even the even the whole hacker concept, it was really and that's when I really first got into the whole hacker, you know, ethos and, you know, we're tinkerers. We want to learn how something really works and figure out how it works and then make it do something else. That's all there is to it. And, you know, everyone thinks hacker is a pejorative term. It's really, really not any more than lawyer or doctor is. You know, there oh, are no, wait a second. I do not <laughs> want to be lumped in with lawyers. <laughs> uh, other <laughs> professions, engineers. Your tongue, Carrie. That's just not right. That's uh... <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. I think what one of the smartest things Moss did, and, and Moss is smart SOB, is when the vendors came to him and said, We'll pay for DEF CON, we'll give you gobs of money. He said, You know what I'll do? Let's go over to Caesar's Palace and set up black hats. Yeah. Right. And we'll we'll keep you at arm's length right. from the actual kids who are doing the hacking. And yeah. you could still throw me money, but you know, and you can ride our coattails, but let's keep those two pools separate. And even when he sold the franchise, he was smart. The people who took it over from, I forget who it is right now. Yeah, um, they they've kept it distinct. And I like that that is an important flavor to it. It, it yeah, does yeah. separate church and state, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, I've, and I have had the pleasure of interviewing Jeff as well. And he's a great guy. He's so interesting. And for someone who's been doing this for 30 years, he's so down to earth. And uh, it, it's DEF CON. I mean, I've vowed to go back every year at this point. So I'll, I will be there this year. 
Uh, I, I just love the atmosphere. My, here's my goal. My goal with DEFCON is to get one of every kind of badge. So Excellent. I got Excellent. I got a human the first year, which seems that makes that only makes sense. I managed to get a vendor one last year because I teamed up with the the guy from HackerBoxes.com who made an indie badge. It's kind of another thing, another bucket list DEFCON item. Uh, this year I'm going to have a press badge. Uh, since I'm a podcaster, I get the press badge. I don't know how. I, someday, I'll, someday I'll get goon. Uh, the artist and some of those other ones are gonna be they'll, they'll be tougher. I don't know if I'll be able to get those or not, but you know it's a goal. If you um, continue to be a friend of the show, at some some point, I might agree to swap you sometime for my "I Am the Fed" T-shirt from DefCon Nine. Oh, neat! If, if, wow. if you stay a friend of the show long enough, how's that? <laughs> sure. Okay. okay. All right. Um, now, now, Rafti's been on your program. Yes. Yep. What did you talk about, Rafti? Yeah. We talked about Portmaster. Yeah, yeah, okay. we talked about saving because, like, what Kerry's doing is is helping, as we already discussed, people to get more private more easily. And the idea there was um, Portmaster, it, the whole goal of it is to get easy privacy in, you know. And so with with uh, another sharing group, because the privacy people related are, like, I, I guess are sort of related to security folk, are also people who share a lot. They don't like showing their faces. They don't like telling you the real name. <laughs> That's, I guess, the difference. Um, and so it was, I love that. You, remember, you remember, like for me, saying my last name on this show was difficult at the beginning as well. <laughs> it, it was hard for him. He really didn't want to do it. He was he was resistant to it. Now, how did you find each other? Did you, did, did you safe in the, the privacy community? No, yeah, yeah, no, I think Kerry reached out, uh, but it was through the privacy peeps community. Like, I think um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a couple of folks. I don't know, Kerry, if you want to share it, um, but it's um, it's a group which is um, sharing knowledge about privacy, about development in the privacy sphere. And it's it's helpful. You need to be on the up and up uh, in regards to privacy and cybersecurity. And so I guess this is what is helping this along. And Carrie, you had heard about safing in Portmaster, and then you decided to reach out, and they threw you this fuzzy Austrian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it really, it, it's been uh, quite the journey. This whole thing, and the people I've met, and and we have. There's been a small, tight knit community of people that I've that I've met along the way that have been really great people. I mean, you know, with any any industry, you're going to find some wackos, and you're going to find some people that are over the top and overzealous. You know, uh, there's always that. But I, I've managed to run across a core knit group of people. And this, and Rafti is referring to some of these folks that are all great people and all have similar mindsets. And it's, I really I very much enjoyed that. So, yeah, it was it was a no-brainer bringing Rafti on the show. Outstanding. Yeah. And and he didn't totally freeze up in uh... <laughs> fanboy ecstasy when, when you turn the microphones on because i i gotta tell you when when he was going to do it and then immediately subsequent to having it appeared on the show he could talk about nothing else and and his eyes were wide his pupils were dilated it was really troublesome i don't know <laughs> no but um maybe one one point i wanted to get to i read both of your books i mean ben you wrote a couple different ones as well but i wrote i read the the um See now I'm blanking. Um, what's it again? Wait a second. You say both of our. You mean me and Carrie's book? Yes, 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 yes. I, no. Okay, okay. My book exposed about exposed privacy. exactly, yeah. which was yeah. the reason why why Ben and I know each other. Um, so because he was uh, in his book advocating against privacy. But what I wanted to share with with our audience here on the Centrist Sounds was um, Carrie's book because we started this off with we all know that we are the ones who are, who are being asked if some technical stuff comes up. It's really helpful. 
I read it. I, I had a couple. I bought a couple of copies and I gifted them away um, because I wanted, even for people who don't speak English as well, um, it's easy to read and it it has a lot of pictures. And so you can gift. I can gift it to my younger sister and be like, here, see, do this, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, but well, then you're making the assumption she's going to read it and follow the instructions. Uh, you know, you oh, joke, but that is like that is one of the things I put in the preface of the book. It's like you know, for for those of you who are already already semi technically literate or maybe have already done these things, give this to somebody else. This is your easy button. Like this is for all the people who come and ask you, what do I do? How do I do this? Just just give them the book. That you know, with pictures, so easy, and it's for Mac and Windows, and um, it's it's fun to read for me as well. Um, so. It's uh, for if you are wanting to get onto Windows 11 or something, um, get a refresher or switch to Mac because you like the M1 or M2 Macs. I guess it's it's a good a good call for that as well. Harry, do you have multiple editions in other languages, or is that something you're considering? Your publisher is considering. I don't know if the publisher. I don't know. I, I've asked my publisher about this and haven't gotten a straight answer. That so I I don't know if this is something that they do often. I. You know, I'm sure that if it was a wildly popular book, it'd be a no-brainer. Uh, but you know, it's it, this is a tech. These are tech books. It's hard to be wildly popular in, in the tech space. So <laughs> we have uh, a very finite pool that we're swimming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, real quick, back to Rafi's point. I, I mean, obviously, I'm an engineer, so I work with a lot of, a lot of very technical people. But even so, it's still a, it's still a niche. So there's still even a lot of my friends that are very technical that'll read this book like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I had thought of that or. Um, so even technical people get stuff out of the book. So I, I've been very happy with it. So my next thing, though, but that uh, is, is so you know, my audience is my audience, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm helping these people. That's great, but I want to do more. I want to. Re so for a while, I'm like, well, okay, so I need bigger audience. I need to reach more people, and there's that's always hard to do. But then Gary, I thought, you know, before you even give me your idea, I got to give you mine. Your voice is perfect for ASMR, and and that's not a. <laughs> That is that is totally not a, a slam. I with the minute I listened to your show the first time, I'm like, oh my goodness, he's the next incarnation of Garrison Keeler. I mean, this guy has a rich, deep, you know, it's it's a straight, clean Midwestern voice with no accent or intonation. It's perfect. It is Midwestern. I'm from Indiana, so I, I've got go. that perfect newscaster voice. See, oh, per, Purdue Spaff. Gene Spafford. That's who I was going to. Oh, ask. Have, have you met him? I have not met him, but I do the name. Okay. I do know the right. name. All right. Yeah. Uh, have you considered ASMR? Because I mean, there's a YouTube uh, niche <laughs> just waiting for you, man. I, okay. ASMR cybersecurity. That maybe. Oh my goodness! <laughs> First, we're going to close this port. 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 <laughs> oh, you would kill. You would absolutely slay, man. Now I want a finder's fee. I want a ten percent commission <laughs> on this. That's my great idea. <laughs> uh, oh, and i've got the i've got this great bank for it too that's what i'm saying oh <laughs> if you don't you're passing up a golden opportunity but what's your idea give us your lesser idea here Gary. <laughs> i don't remember what the hell we were talking about you were talking about oh, how you want to broaden yeah. your audience and you want to reach out more so what so what i thought well okay instead of instead of trying to grow my audience which that's great i mean i always want to grow the audience but why not just, I mean, what I really want is for people who have heard what I've had to say already and, and I've educated them, for them to go out, I deputize you. I want you to then go out and help other people. Be, that's the leverage. That's the magnifier. That's the force multiplier. So um, I got this idea late last year. And so one of the things I did is I created a bunch of coupons. Maybe the old coupons you used to give your parents for Father's Day, Mother's Day when you were broke. And you, you know, So here's a coupon for free. Breakfast back. in bed or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll so mow like, the lawn. Bastard, right. you were supposed to mow the lawn anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I'm like, okay, so why don't we why don't we create some cybersecurity and privacy coupons? And then and then you could give those. I, I did this at Thanksgiving time and time for Christmas. And so people could, you know, if they wanted to, they could basically promise a loved one or a friend or family member, or whatever, that I know you need help with this, or I know you could like help with this. I will promise to sit down with you and help you set up a password manager or help you set up two-factor authentication or help you change from Chrome to Firefox or you know, a lot of check all That's your app permissions. Awesome. You're handing so, out consultation. You're giving one hour of tech support each time. Yeah. So I created these coupons. And so now that that's kind of been my kick for the since then is to try to get my audience to go out. And I've got these things I create. I minted these dragon challenge coins and I thought they're really cool. I originally was doing it to get some people uh, to sign up to be on Patreon for me, which is great. And they, they've worked for that. But now I want to kind of use them almost like the carry awards I, I want to hear your stories and you know nominate somebody for if someone did some infosec privacy thing for you uh, maybe one of these coupons or something else i don't want to limit your creativity um, but if you went out and went the extra mile i want to hear your story and then every so often i will award these coins to people and so yeah, I, yeah that's, 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 that's so awesome <laughs> that's, I, that's, I that's been say. the next phase you're making acolytes. You're making emissaries and missionaries. That's it's it's wonderful. Now it's weird because this is just a confluence of of you know total serendipity. You're the third suggestion I've heard this week for the same thing, and I oh. like that the deputization concept. There's a group, I guess, at UT. Did I hear this on your show? Maybe the UT yep. Austin thing. Yep. Um, three one one. They want to do a three one one for tech support, right? Yep um uh see i did listen to your show that's how you know uh um and uh there, there was another group that i heard about not on your show um that was trying to build the same thing and we're doing something similar in louisiana with advocacy um we did not we our school system and our school districts across the state really got hit hard about two or three years ago and we simply did not have uh, a state police cyber presence there was one guy was the state mm. police guy and what they've tried to do is, and without breaching posse comitatus, they tried to bring in the Army National Guard and the Air National Guard, who has some of the cyber expertise, and help them be consultants, not take over security for the schools, but go into the schools and help the schools' IT techs migrate over. And they're actually recruiting volunteers. There's no budget for it. There's Nobody wants to join the Army National Guard just to do this. But they're finding a way to use the auspices of those offices to bring volunteers who do know this stuff into the schools and help out. And that's the same kind of thing. And, and I like this a lot. It goes right back to your whole voluntary hacker concept of we're cooperative. We're friendly. We're useful. We're fuzzy. You can still pet us. We're not the 1980s hackers from the movies. <laughs> who eat kittens and make your <laughs> machines. Right, right. What I do like about the coupons as well is that um, help like can't be forced on upon someone. If they don't want a password manager, they will never use it, even though you set it up. So by gifting the coupon, um, they can come to you, back to you on their terms when they're ready for it and stuff like that. And sometimes it needs an incident of some sort for them to realize I need to get my security a little bit, like get the sunscreen, as you said, Carrie, earlier, get the whatever, like the easy low-hanging fruit. Sometimes it still needs some sort of like kick in the butt that they get moving and start start doing something about it but they need to want it you know i installed <laughs> password managers on so many people's devices and it takes and they never bothered to learn how to properly like put stuff in them so they cannot mm -hmm. find their stuff in them anymore mm -hmm. and so they don't use it 
and um, keep on using the same password everywhere. It's You're exactly correct. It gives agency to the customer, the recipient of the coupon, when they hit that comfort level or that uh, perceived need, as opposed to trying to thrust it into their face and say, this is what you got to do, and then make them even more uncomfortable with another tool they don't know how to use. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, the other thing I've been thinking about, too, is you don't need to. It, it's one thing. It's, it's I assume that what's probably going on with my audience is, is they're, enough to, they're technically inclined enough to think, okay, I've probably got this covered for myself. So I, maybe I am the person to go help other people. But I also thought, well, you could just download this coupon and request someone fulfill it for you as well, right? If you need the help, ask for it. Or if you could broker yeah. the help, if maybe you know someone else who needs help and you know someone else who could help them, maybe this is a chance to broker that. And the other, the other thing that I've been really harping on in the last year or so is that, and, and I think I always, I, mean, I always knew this, but it, it, I really wanted to drive it home, is that privacy is a we thing. It's in a technology. It's security is a we thing. It's not just a me thing, because your privacy overlaps my privacy. When you when you post a picture, it's probably got people in it besides you in it. When you if you lose your contact list, that's everybody you know. And 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 so there's this social graph part of this where your privacy and my privacy overlap. So if you have lapses in your privacy, it's going to affect more than just yourself. And that is also true of security. If you've got devices that are compromised. It, every device on the networks that they are on, which might be your network, if they're coming over to visit, or your school network or your corporate network, uh, they are now at risk because you've got, you know, a compromised device on the network. And most networks are, you know, like M&Ms. They're hard on the outside and squishy on the inside. You know, once you get past the firewalls and stuff, you've invited that vampire across the threshold, you know, and the, <laughs> right? So, you know, it, so it's, 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 it's altruistic, yes, but it's also doing, the more of us do these things, we, there is sort of a herd immunity, that the more that we kind of get better at this, the less chances there are for these things to propagate. There's an aspect of self-interest. As libertarian as I am, and I don't care what you do with your own property, if you allow garbage to fester in your backyard, the vermin from your backyard are going to come into my well-manicured lawn. That's mm -hmm. just the nature of the beast. And and at some point, it's worth it to me to reach a hand across the fence between their yards and say, I'll help you pick up the trash. It, yeah. it you know, As much as I didn't incur the expense, it's better for me to help out. Yeah. I'm with and and so maybe some advice for people with small and medium-sized businesses, maybe um, most password managers offer, if you have a co corporate account, um, family accounts for each individual in your company. So they can then have the password managers for their whole family because good password hygiene in your private life um, translates to good password hygiene in your professional life. Um, so don't try to get by if you're a five, 10 person team with a family account for your team, um, actually get the corporate account and then gift the family accounts to all your employees. I think it's a, it's a better call. And didn't run. we see that with the last pass attack or at least the second <laughs> facet of last, where they went after that, that engineer at home. You know, yeah. the attackers have been sophisticated enough to learn. I can't come in through the corporate firewall, but I can damn sure do an end run around it. Right. Yeah. Of I think course. I think this guy actually had a, had a Plex server that he hadn't updated for yep. three years. That's, that's exactly what it was. Yep. Yep. Okay, so update, update, update. My Docker <laughs> containers well, and my servers update every week. <laughs> and also realize that if you're in the industry, you are a vector. You are yeah. a you are an optimum social engineering target because of what you do. You know, we are now part of the machine and, and that's just, you know, the, we we're a viable entry point for the attacker, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, so Carrie, even if you forego the ASMR, uh, you do have this. This. <laughs> oh, nice... I have not ruled. I have not ruled it out. Okay, good. You, you, good. Plant, you, you planted the seed properly. We'll see. 
<laughs> we, you do have this nice deputization program. We're going to link to that in our show notes, if that's oh, okay, for I'd people be, oh, to download the please. coupons and, and spread them far and wide. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge supporter. Uh, what's next after all this, then? I mean, are you finally going to take a break? Are you going to take the show down to Cabo and just hang out there? I mean, what the hell, man? You're doing so much and, and receiving so little in return. <laughs> you know, that's a great question. And I keep telling myself you know, that because this is not a money-making venture. So I'm, I'm not trying to make – I don't need to, luckily. I, that is not the case for a lot of people. I don't need to make the money doing it so I can kind of it, – it's freedom. Honestly, it really is freedom. I can do it as long as I want to, the way I want to, and as soon as I – don't enjoy anymore i cannot do it but so far after 300 and some episodes in i'm still really enjoying it honestly i, I the thing i i mean i love disseminating the information i like doing the news shows like I, I toggle between a news show and an interview show every week or every other week and uh but i love the interviews it's so i got for such a small I'm, I'm not a big hot podcast but for as for as big as i small as i am i've really managed to interview some great people and i've met so many other people so i, I truly enjoy that i like bringing those people to my to the audience uh, so as long as I'm still enjoying it, I'll just keep doing it. And I, I'm, I, what's next? Like, how do I make things different or new at this point? I don't know. Okay. Um, the, my biggest thing is reaching more people. So if I could figure out some way to reach a bigger audience, everyone keeps telling me you got to do YouTube. And I'm like, eh, I don't like doing video. Um, but you know, it maybe have to be a video. Well, you and know. I've got the audio. I, I, I understand the reluctance though. That, that channel does just does not seem appealing anymore. <laughs> Um, you know, and I got to say, okay, two things, first of all, Carrie, uh, first thing, uh, paramount, you have a standing offer to come on our show. Anytime you got a new idea or anything you want to roll out, anything you want to oh, help with, come, come here, do talk about whatever the hell you want, like hairstyling. Fine. <laughs> come on in. Um, that second thing, um, uh, it, as far as, uh, keeping it fresh, keeping it new, and and uh reaching larger audiences and doing both the entertainment and the interview shows we're kind of neither um so you can come back on as much as you want and it won't interfere with your normal <laughs> paradigm because we're not interviewing you we're just talking at you and uh we have no news uh we are usually three to six months behind the curve uh <laughs> you're you're welcome here well, and, and back to the group that Ruffed and I were talking to, some of the folks that we're involved with, some of them are like, for example, with TechLore. Uh, there's, there's some great guys. And and the other thing I like about the, this group of people is we're not at each other's throats. We're not each other's competition. We all genuinely want to reach more people. And we're all the kind of people that say, don't just listen to us. You know, don't listen to one source. You've got to get multiple sources. Don't you listen to what we say? Great. Absorb that. See if you like it listen to someone else's opinion as well because other people yeah, there are other valid opinions out there too and you should hear more than one so it's really this kind of kumbaya you know kind of thing it's 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 awesome and we share guests too because yeah, like we do know, we'll give you a list of of uh you know once we go off the air we'll give you a list of previous guests that we had <laughs> that you might want to talk to who will be more than welcome to come on your show the both the bane of podcasting and one of the beauty elements of it is there's really no good metric for measuring how many listeners you actually have. Every, right. every individual platform can only measure how many listeners have used that platform to access that content. But the content, once it's out there, is rebroadcast and repurposed far and wide. So I, you know, I know we have three listeners, but we might have as many as nine, right? <laughs> so, right. so when you email someone and say, hey, you want to come on our podcast? They have no idea... If you're Joe Rogan or you're Ben Malisso, right? They just, they have no idea what the size of your audience. We got to have the new owners of Pornhub on our show. I listened to that one. That was a fascinating episode. Fascinating episode. 
he was a great guest, wasn't he? he I mean, was. for he an was. interview subject, yeah, yes. yeah, yes. Um, and that's nice. It's like you said, you just invite somebody. Sometimes they say yes, and if they say no, you've lost nothing, right? Yep. Yeah. And I guess this is a great uh, shout out to the audience. If you have ideas, somebody you would want us to talk to, um, you can, of course, reach out. If you want somebody for Carrie to talk to, I have uh, means to contact him as well. I guess Ben now as well. So we can forward this also. So just get in touch and um, yeah, we will try to get them on the show. I see. And now that we've done that, Carrie, you're going to get a whole bunch of emails from uh, Uganda um, at, <laughs> asking you to be on their show and, and telling you you've won the $17 million prize money. So you've, you've got that going for you now, too. Oh, man, I still get so much, so, so much spam and scams. It's just ridiculous. And the one the one one of the downsides of being a quote unquote public figure, man, is you've got I've got so many email addresses. And they all they know all of them. And I get I get stuff all the time. But it, one of the things that drives me crazy is I get here. This has been a really funny one. But, uh, so you get all these scams. Well, a lot of them are just business people trying to approach you. You know, are you looking for more leads? Are you looking for more marketing? Are you having trouble with an app for your website? Are you yes. having trouble with your billing systems? You know, I get all sorts of crazy stuff. And there's three of them. Guaranteed. There's always three of them. There's the first pitch. Then there's the second. Hey, I don't know if you saw that last email. I know you're a busy person. And the third one. Hey, just following up real quick. Did you, you know, just check it in. And then there's it's always a three email campaign. Well, one of the ones I've been getting lately was uh, we, we want to, uh, we want, we think you're a candidate. We've reviewed your stuff carefully. And we think you'd be perfect for our woman of the year person for for thing or women in business or something and like really and so how careful was this and so i i replied to this one i usually don't even reply and and so i replied this was like okay I, i've got to know first how did you find me second why why did you think i'm such a good woman when i'm I'm not female. <laughs> you know, I ask these questions and I'm like, I honestly want to know, like, where do these come for from? our listeners who can't see Carrie? <laughs> Carrie is not a woman. I, I am not a woman. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so that, that just slayed me. And they never, they never responded, by the way. Oh, that's see, now that's a shame. Yeah. You, you should have accepted uh, at least the nomination. <laughs> at least it, the nomination. Oh, even oh, if you didn't get selected. For the nominal fee of eighteen hundred dollars, they would, oh, they, would oh, they would they would do a spread on me in their magazine. That's yeah. That's so. kind of frightening now that I'm thinking about that. Uh uh just to cover it's, their it's costs. Just not my see. type, Gary. It's yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um outstanding though um all right uh rafti was there anything else you wanted to touch base with no okay. thanks carrie was there anything else you wanted specifically to share with our three to nine listeners and <laughs> well all right so let's let's come back to the basics and i'm sure you guys cover this stuff but uh it's I just want to say that there is a lot you could do. Do not throw up your hands. Do not be apathetic. Do not give up. I, I think apathy's gone. I think most of us at this point understands that there really are risks. I think at this point, a lot of people are just like, I, it's either it's too late because my, my information's already out there. It's the cat's you know out of the bag. The horse left the barn. Uh, pick your metaphor. Um, and other people are like, ah, it's just so, te it's so technical. I just, even if there were things to do, I can't do them. Um, so I want to address those two things real quick because I think those are common misconceptions and, and then we can go. The first one is data has a half-life and it's radio it's, it's radioactive in a lot of ways because it should be it's not oil it's it's nuclear waste we should be collecting as little as possible but anyway um your data yes i'm sure you probably have overshared on social media and you've done all these things if you cut back and stop that now 
if you delete old accounts you don't need, if you start clawing back some of this data and not producing more, that data will get stale. And, and, and that only, you know, it only has value to the marketers for a certain amount of time. So there is hope. I mean, you can improve things by, you know, slowing down the privacy, you know, turning off the tab. Uh, and the other thing is, is, is there really are a lot of really simple things to do. A lot of them are free. A lot of them are simple. A lot of them aren't that hard. If you just, maybe, I don't know, I had a set of pictures to show you how to do it uh, and a book that walked you through it. Uh, but there, uh, there really are a lot of little things we can't all be doing. And the more you do it, the more you help other people around you as well. So it's, it's, we, we need to kind of just get the word out, you know, at the somehow, some way. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I don't mean to argue too much, but on the first point, I also don't yeah. want to cow users into a feeling of helplessness and fear to where they're not using the internet and the technology mm. yeah. in all the ways they can. As much as you can curate what it is you're sharing, I don't want you to be afraid of being part of the social fabric. Yeah. I, I want everybody to still feel like they can share a picture of their vacation when they're home and safe and they're, you know, all the things. All the things that are, are useful to say, hey, I'm here, I'm part of the community, don't step away from it completely. Don't lock yourself in the cellar. Absolutely. And that is one of the first points I make in the book is that, you know, the, the, the answer here is not to go off the grid. The, 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 you know, we've got this, these tools are amazing tools. There's amazing amounts of information out there. Even data is not inherently bad. There's so many amazing things that we are going to learn from all this data we can collect now. I mean, I'll think of all the pharmaceutical drug interactions that we couldn't have possibly figured out before, but if we collect the data anonymously in a, in the right way, we can learn a lot of really important life-saving things from this data. And there's social media, just to, I mean, it was the attention economy that really screwed it all up. And the fact that, you know, it's no longer about sharing with friends and family. You got to, they got to insert ads and they got to insert stuff you didn't ask for, you know, to make money. And that's where things really went south. That's why I'm hoping things like Panquake or Mastodon or things like that will take off. And we can get back to, you know, having these abilities. Like my, I FaceTime with my mom all the time. We don't live near each other, but without that, we'd be so much further apart. It's so nice to have these interactions. So absolutely do not avoid these tools. We need to find better ways to, to use these tools to really reap the benefits and, and stem off some of the bad things. I totally agree. Yeah. Which of course, like what you were saying, Ben, in regards to podcasts, it, this is partly what I like about podcasts as well. It's RSS. It's like it's an old protocol and i i recently listened to something from the verge where they said like it's funny how we're starting to go back to the internet of the 90s a bit i'm a little bit scared that some of the internet standards are sort of like messed up now with chrome being so like so much everywhere and so much of the internet is like focused on that but it's it's interesting where we're going and i think we might have learned something from the last 20 years We've come back to radio. Yeah. A, a radio station really had no idea how many listeners it had. It relied strictly on self-reporting polls to, to try to estimate how many listeners. But when you turned on your radio, your radio did not report back to the radio station that it was being listened to. So instead, the radio uh, provider had to rely on self-reporting. And had to get sponsorship in the form of, you know, laundry soap or, you know, whatever other advertisements and hope that they were reaching their audience. So we have non-specific platforms right now. We still have more content than anyone could ever possibly want. <laughs> and the listeners have a wide variety of what they want with some very non-intrusive ability for financing those things. And, and I, I think it's really interesting, you know, that, that we're back to this, you know. Well, and I, I really hope that 
Spotify and Amazon and some, and even Apple to some extent, to, uh, don't commandeer this thing and privatize it. It's I hope RSS holds out and the democratization of of the, of this medium has been fantastic. And there's been threats, certainly threats to it from you know proprietary companies trying to you know exclusive content and whatnot. I just hope that doesn't succeed, or at least not. But but, but I think that but I think there's a segment for that too. There is. You know, there's the big blockbuster movie uh, rollout that Spotify and Apple podcasts can meet the need for. They have the deep pockets and they can finance those things. And if our show needed special effects, you know, we, we don't need the Foley sounds and the sensuous sounds. But, but you know, if, if we did need that, there would be an avenue that we could go with our, you know, hat in hand and ask for that. So I, I think it's good that the audience has their selection. They can choose whatever they want. As Something long as there's choice. And- yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll always be the indie film of the industry, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. Well, Terry, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Again, I was not joking about the, the standing request for any content you want to throw our way anytime you want to come back on the show. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. And that, that's a wonderful invitation. I will absolutely come back. Excellent. Well, then, until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Rafael Fiedler. Please join us again next week for another episode of... The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, Boy, that's a lot of letters. Or other InfoSec certifications. Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. And that's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F. I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com. And listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash s-s-o-i underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.